I'm James Rule. Welcome to the Lonely Leader Podcast, where we help existing and aspiring leaders find clarity, build resilience, drive performance, and enhance fulfillment. You never get a second chance to make a first impression. The first time I ever heard that, it was from the lips of my grandma, and she was talking about me looking presentable. And even though I was probably seven or eight years of age when I first heard it, it stuck with me, and it's been a mantra that I've always held dear through my professional and personal life. During my 10 years as a chief executive, I had the pleasure of interviewing lots of new staff, players, etc., and seeing people really excel at making a first impression. And I also had the awkward and uncomfortable experiences of people really struggling, failing to make a positive first impression. Now, you've possibly heard the science before that people make up their minds about other people within the first few seconds. And it seems hard to believe, but that theory reappears time and time again. So there is, without doubt, some substance behind that. And so if that's true, that you've got a matter of seconds before people start forming an opinion of you, then some of our traditional thinking is redundant. We might be thinking it's all about the quality of our PowerPoint presentation. It's all about the insightful comments that we make over the course of potentially an interview or an important meeting. And undoubtedly, that has an impact, but people are making up their mind within seconds. So the impact of a first impression cannot be underestimated. And yet I find so many people neglect what are relatively simple ways to optimize that first impression. But I also just want to circle away to our digital first impression as well prior to those face-to-face interactions. Because the reality is, before we step through the room for our interview or for the first meeting or the first time we meet members of a new team, if we've been promoted or recruited into a leadership position, there are digital interactions. And these, again, are often overlooked. So simple things, our tone and the attention we give an email. There will always be gatekeepers, people whose responsibility is to protect and manage the diaries and time of their colleagues. And these people have to be treated with the utmost respect, A, because it's morally the right thing to do, and B, because how you interact with them feeds back to the individual that you will be meeting. I was blessed to have three wonderful executive assistants during my time as a chief executive and their insight in terms of how people were interacting with them prior to me meeting them was invaluable. Also, the walk that they would have between perhaps meeting someone at reception and bringing them to my office was again, invaluable insight into the true character of the people I was dealing with. Were they polite? Were they friendly? Were they engaging? Were they abrupt, rude and slightly different to how they then presented themselves once they stepped through my office door? So as simple as it sounds, take care with the emails, make sure when you arrive on site, whether it's for an interview or for a meeting, that you are your true self with everybody, that you are respectful, engaging, polite with everybody from the car park attendant through to the reception, through to the assistant or colleague that's maybe walking you through for your interview or important meeting. Whatever the context, it's a principle to maximize the quality of that digital first impression. Now, when we step through to the first meeting point, those first few seconds, Forgive the simplicity of what I'm about to say, because there's a risk it sounds patronizing that you're listening to this and saying, well, of course, tell me something I don't know. However, to know and not to do is not to know. And the reality is I have sat inside meetings and inside interviews on a number of occasions when these simple steps are not optimized. If you do optimize them all, congratulations, good for you. But bear with me as I run through just 
a handful of what I believe to be non-negotiables in maximizing that first impression. First, and it goes without saying, consideration for your appearance. Now, not everybody steps into situations now wearing a suit and tie. The dress code is far more relaxed in most businesses. However, making sure that you're presentable, that clothes are ironed, that shoes are clean, as obvious as it sounds, is such an easy thing to get right. But when you think about you only have a few seconds, how you step through that door, your appearance is going to be noticed. So I think it's important in that regard to wear something that makes you feel confident. We all have a suit, an outfit, a dress, something that when we put it on, it just gives us that little bit of a lift, that little bit of a, oh, yeah, I'm ready. You know, from a sports perspective, it's a bit like putting the game day kit on. When athletes train during the week, they might be wearing different tops, different, you know, waterproofs, hats, etc. But when it comes to game day, they slip on that match day shirt and there's a switch that clicks. There's something about the significance of the match day uniform that puts them to another level of confidence and readiness. So have a think about what's that outfit for you. Once you step through the door, eye contact. Now, I'm not saying that you lock on to the person that you're meeting, refuse to blink for the whole duration of the meeting or interview. We don't want to be creepy, but on a serious note, you walk through the door, eyes down, head down. There's a level of confidence there that's totally different to stepping through the door with good eye contact, which leads into the next point, a smile. You know, the difference in how you maximize those first few seconds when you walk through a door looking presentable with a smile and good eye contact. Conversely, coming in looking forlorn, looking down, you then weave that into the next point, tone of voice, you know, an upbeat, confident and well-projected introduction as opposed to a mumbling sort of quiet shuffling introduction. And that leads to the last, but perhaps one of the most important, a firm handshake. People might have strong opinions to the contrary on this, that a handshake doesn't matter, but there's a big difference when you meet people and they look you in the eye with a smile, introduce themselves and give you a nice firm handshake versus somebody that comes through quietly, sheepishly, looking down, no eye contact, no smile and a very limp handshake. So they are a set of very, very simple things that are very easy to optimize to ensure you maximize that first impression digitally before you arrive, physically as you step through those first few seconds. Now, obviously, once the interview or the meeting starts to roll, then there are opportunities then to show that you have genuinely researched ahead of the meeting, that you have some thoughtful and well thought out questions, or that your presentation has been well prepared, and that you've rehearsed it and that you deliver it with a plum. But those opportunities all come during the course of the meeting. They are still important, but arguably, it's the first few seconds where most of us fall down. And then I think just wrapping the whole process up, there's a requirement, in my opinion, to follow up with some style, some class, some professionalism. So that can be as simple as a follow-up email, a thank you to the member of staff that's helped arrange and facilitate the meeting for you, an email directly to the person that's interviewed you or the person that you were meeting. But if you really want to maximize that first impression, look for opportunities to use a personal note. Very few of us get any sort of handwritten notes anymore. It's all text, WhatsApp, email, etc. And when something that's personally written lands on your desk, it has an extra resonance. So taking the time to thank people through a handwritten note will put a bow on the top of that final first impression. And then of course, moving away from first impressions, but into the realm of building empathy and rapport, it's taking time to reflect on the meeting, take some notes, and ensure that any little bits of insight and intelligence, 
people's likes, people's families, people's uh, events, hobbies, passions away from work. These are all invaluable pieces of information that people have had the goodwill to share with you, making sure that you can note that, recall that, and however long it might be before you meet again in a professional or personal context, it's a wonderful way to really develop a fabulous level of rapport to be able to say, oh, how was that graduation you went to with your daughter? Or how was that vacation you had with your husband? You know, showing that you've really listened, that the first time you meet following those meetings, that you are able to ask them things that are important to them is another part of rapport, empathy, and building a quality first impression. So I hope you've enjoyed those tips. As my grandma said to me, as a young boy, you never get a second chance to make a first impression. So make sure you take all the relevant steps to make that first impression a good one. Thanks for listening to the Lonely Leader podcast. I'd be very grateful if you could share and follow if the content resonates. And if you're looking for additional free resource to support your continued growth and development, then please do check out our social media and website details in the show notes. Remember, quality leadership on the outside must always start within. 